Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to another live Patriots Beat podcast. I'm Ryan Spagnoli. Joined with me here, Alex Barth. Just want to make a quick note. The Patriots Beat podcast is now powered by LinkedIn Talent Solutions. Barth, how are we doing? I'm good, Ryan. I'm good. We're, we're really getting into it here. It's kind of crunch time at training camp. So fun, fun week. Busy week, but a fun week. Yeah, a lot happened, right? And I think we can kind of start off, I guess, the biggest news of the weekend. There was a lot of, a lot of stuff to unpack, really, since our last show, which was Thursday. I think the biggest news is obviously Tyquan Thornton, right? Going down with the, right. it, it seems to be a broken collarbone. It seems like from the, from the reports. Um, I know there was several reports out there around eight weeks, but everybody kind of heals in different ways. Um, and there a bunch of different ways you can go with that, right? Like this was a big issue right. with him when they drafted him, his playing weight, is he going to be able to hold up? Um, and no one really knew when it happened. I, I think we were talking about it after the game, Barth. I think it was when on his second catch, when there was kind of a pile up over near the the Patriots sideline, and one of the Panthers guys kind of came in late and kind of knocked the pile down, right. I didn't see him after that. So it must have happened on that play, or or you know I I but so all so in he all, played tough tough injury. Yeah, he he played one more snap after that. He covered a punt. I I think Michael Hurley might have nailed it down. It is the player talking about. There's a very very brief shot of him kind of just. I, I don't want to say grabbing at his shoulder, readjusting his shoulder pads, but that's as much as we have to go on right now. I, I will say, though, just, you know, you talk about, well, this was the concern with him when he got drafted. Obviously, the NFL body, you know, he's a little underweight for what you want to see for an NFL player. I, I, I just want to push back on that a little bit because I and we talked about this on a on a past show that he's going to forever be linked, at least in, in the eyes of Patriots fans. To, to George Pickens and Sky Moore, who both went right at, right after him there in the draft, yep. people say, well, this is why you take George Pickens. You know, Tyquan Thornton has injury issues. I, I would just urge anybody trying to make that argument to go look up how many games George Pickens played in college. Yeah, right. That and, and I guess that the other side of that argument is those big-bodied receivers. They, you know, were they scared of it because of Nikhil? I know different players, right, different programs. Yeah. George has got a lot more pedigree at that position. Um, but I think they, at the time of the pick, they knew what they wanted and they got what they, they wanted speed and play. Yeah. Ability. And, and like, I mean, no, no prospects. Perfect. That's the thing. Does he need to put on weight? Yes. That's I'd rather draft a guy who something has something as fixable as that versus a guy whose flaw may be harder to fix, or maybe something you that can't are, fix. This is the risk you take. Teach him how to run a route. <laughs> right. Know? Exactly. This is the risk you take and they've run it now in terms of when he could be back. You know, I, I did some research on this today. I looked at past examples. There's not a ton of great ones just because, you know, so I looked last year, right? Quintez Cephas, wide receiver, 
young wide receiver broke his collarbone. Well, he wasn't really consequential to what the Lions did. So they never brought him back from IR. I don't think that's because he never got healthy. I think it just never made sense for him to, you know, come back. So I went a little further in 2020, Leighton Vander Esch broke his collarbone, missed four games. I think that's probably the most optimistic thing. And, and for a linebacker to miss four games after fracturing his clavicle feels pretty incredible. Aaron Rodgers in 2017 missed six games after breaking his collarbone. You think for a quarterback with the shoulder, right? That's a big deal. Maybe the best comp though, it, it, it both in terms of outcome and in terms of relatability, Will Fuller broke his collarbone in practice in early August. So, you know, he's maybe two weeks ahead of where Tyquan Thornton is. He ended up missing three games. So he missed nine weeks total, three regular season games. I think it was August 2nd. I looked this up today, 2017. So if you apply that timeline to Tyquan Thornton, you're looking at around Halloween for right, him to but- come back. And, and every injury is different. You don't know. But just to kind of put some context on it, that's probably about what we're looking at. I would say at some point in, in, I think I just said August, end of August, end of October. I think you're looking at, in, you know, it's probably early October at the most optimistic. If he goes on IR, he has to miss at least four games. I think you're looking at early October to late October, maybe the first week in November for him to come back just based on, you know, other players having a similar injury. And on the flip side, though, is is it, are they going to be in a hurry to bring him back? Right. And I don't want to say the Foxborough flu, but right. We know that position. They're never in a hurry with these guys. No, you're right. It's a good point. Right. So is that a sense where, Hey, we'll keep you out eight weeks because we have four guys ahead of you that are are veterans. And we like what we see from low Jordan Humphrey. Are we going to rush you back? And, and, you you know, this is kind of the same thing. And I don't want to compare the player completely different players, but last time they took Nikhil Harry, he got hurt in training camp. What was it? Ankle came back in week eight. I know different quarterback, different scheme, right? But it took them a while to adjust. Are we getting in a situation where it's, hey, we'll activate this guy, but he's not going to be on the field. And then, you know, you blink and he's got 20 catches on the year and it's, you know, he he burned a year, basically. Right. You know, and like, then next year in camp, we're talking about, well, you know, Tyquan Thornton had that great year last year in the summer and then we never really saw him, right? Right. No, it's, look, it's a very fair question. Now, I'll say to maybe, you know, if people freak out about that, the last year or two, they've broken trends when it comes to rookies. You look at Ramondre Stevenson last year, right? Non-first round running backs, they never, ever, ever played those guys. James White, 14 touches as a rookie. And I think Ramondre it speaks was to a- the college game too, though, of how well they're developing players, especially at these power five bigger programs. Like these guys are coming out more pro ready well, so, than they might have been. So this is why, if you want to have the bigger picture conversation here of why they, you know, changed the offense, the college game had drifted so far from what the Patriots do it made it so tough for these guys to, you know, you're right. Like physically they developed them very well, but schematically it was such a departure. You're in this new offense. Now it's going to make it easier. Maybe that does help bring him back. Like they have been breaking trends with this, but it's definitely a fair question to ask. When can we see him again? The other thing, let me actually pull up their schedule right here. They have, and and they don't always do this, but, but in, in situations with rookies, sometimes they look for call it soft landing spots, right? Are you going to bring him? So, so to, what is that? Are you going to bring him back in Green Bay? Let's assume. Let's Packers? assume he's on IR. Let's assume the IR him to, to open up a spot for a guy you right. know that we'll talk about later. Maybe a little Jordan Humphrey. So, right, something like that. So, assume right, he misses so, so the first four. Right, and Packers actually week four. Sorry, not week five. So he can't come back against the Packers. Actually, you look at it right away. 
the month, their month of October, that might be the easiest month on their schedule. It is the easiest month on their schedule. They're home against the Lions, yep. at the Browns without Watson, of course. Home against the Bears, at the Jets. And then it's the bye. So those are all pretty soft landing spots. I would think, and then you have the bye. Or no, sorry, then it's the Colts the first week in November, then the bye. I would think those 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 Jets Colts games would make sense. I the buy's a little late for it to be one of these things where like, oh, give them two weeks to ramp up. Right. But I I, I would think those Jets Colts games make a ton of sense. Jets is a little bit of a short week. They play Monday night the week before, but that that would be just I it, this is no inside information. This is just me guessing based off of you know historical context from this and that. That's what right. I'd look at. And and like you said, I, I think it's it's a wait and see with him. We we have no idea. Right. This could be he's out till right. week eight or he's he's ready for week week one, week four. Like, it, I guess right. you just don't have context on especially these types of injuries. Well, right. We'll learn a lot uh, a week from tomorrow because if they are, are around then. So he has to get clear the, the initial. 53. 53, right. Right. If, if you put a player on IR and I've seen people say, this, well, now he can go on IR and they keep Humphrey. They he's got to make the 53 no. first. Right. The player has to be on the initial 53 in order to be eligible to return. If they put them on IR right now, like they did with Malcolm Butler, Juwan Williams done, done for the year. Yep. So like, we'll see, right. If that deadline passes and then, and sometimes they don't make these moves immediately. So I'm not saying 401 on Tuesday, Holy crap, celebrate. But if it's Wednesday and it's Thursday and he's still not on IR, well, maybe they know something. Yeah. Maybe. And, and that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to return in those first four weeks, but He's progress. It would mean he's progressing quickly. There's a shot at it, right? So we'll get a better idea then. I wouldn't expect that. I think he's going to go on IR, but you know, like again, if he doesn't, like that will be that's kind of the next clue. That's the next because this is that's all this is. We're playing detective, right? That's how covering the Patriots works. You're, yeah. you're you're looking for clues. You're playing detective. That's kind of the next time we'll get a, a we'll call it a hint on what and, his situation is. And sticking on the receivers, right? We had an, yeah. an interesting situation kind of transpire. I guess in the last. 48 hours between Wednesday or, you know, three days, really Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Kendrick Bourne gets thrown out of practice Tuesday, the first day of joint practices right before the fight. He had got screamed at by Bill Belichick. It looked like an equipment issue. I think the ref threw him out of a play because this, this is those sock rules right there. uh, I forget who it was. Somebody on 98.5 said something about his knee pads. You can't, I, I thought it was because you can't show skin on when you, when you have, on your socks. I think like he didn't, I think he didn't have his up. knee pads in. I think that's what it was. Cause that, that something, rule doesn't apply to practice. There, right. Yeah. So he gets cursed out. He gets thrown out of a play. Belichick curses him out, you know, 30 some odd minutes later, he's involved in the fight, throwing punches. He gets thrown out, comes back the next day. Wilkerson too. He gets obviously hurt pretty badly in practice. So he gets knocked out. Born that day was working with the twos. And that's when Nelson Aguilar kind of, who had been doing that prior jumped up kind of in that Kendrick Bourne role and had a really nice day. Well, then yep. Thursday, there was no media availability. Uh, and Friday would come the game. He wasn't even there. He was not even at the stadium. Um, so there's something going on. He did make the trip to Las Vegas, so he'll probably be um, you know, active this week. And I'm sure right back into his normal role, especially now that Thornton's done. It's it, Like you said, and we can get into the trade talks, right? Because there's been tons of rumors. Right. Two weeks ago, we we're talking about the Nelson Aguilar market. Friday comes out. They're getting calls on Kendrick Bourne and you know these – wide receiver needy teams calling, calling, calling. And Bart, the one thing that you've been harping on since the start and it's coming into fruition now is it pays to have this depth. Tyquan Thornton goes down. 
yeah, it sucks, right? It's it's not it's not a good situation, right. especially because he's a rookie. But you still have four capable NFL receivers, and you got guys that are on the bubble now. That life just got a lot easier for them to make that initial fifty three. That are playing pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. I I think with Bourne, you know, this is going to be a big week for him, right? Against the Raiders, he's got to kind of climb his way back in. I still don't think they'd move him. And no. I, I, by the way, I didn't think that before Taekwon got hurt. His contract, if he plays up to the level he played at last year, that might be like dollar for dollar the best wide receiver contract in the NFL. 800 yard guy too, for under this 7 is off million. Topic, but it relates to Bourne is like, yeah. you know, we've had comments come through. Hey, what, what's going on with Duggar? Haven't heard much about him. Haven't heard much about him. Well, you saw Kyle Duggar Friday night and just laying the boomstick on Icky Aquanu, yeah. right? And like Kendrick Bourne's kind of that same guy. Whereas, practice he's you know he's the guy the energy guy he's not going to really pop but you know when the when the game game day comes and the lights get brighter that's a guy who always steps up and plays above uh you know his expectation so that's a guy you want around and in the right the, the you know the rapport he built with mac jones last year and how i thought he was one of their more important players especially down the stretch last year when myers kind of they team started to figure him out that's when kendrick Bourne really started to catch his stride i'd say you know, just about the second half of the season, he was a catalyst for them. Um, and and you, you'd expect it, that and a little bit more this year. Yeah, I don't think, and it, it doesn't surprise me that we've heard that the Patriots have taken, have sorry, haven't taken, have gotten calls on board. Let me be very clear about that. Um, that was the, that's been a, a report that's out there that they got calls on board. It doesn't surprise me that they didn't get into that. Again, the contract, the production, you talk about the relationship with Mac Jones on and off the field, the chemistry, it's in their best interest to turn this guy around. This he, Kendrick Bourne is not a guy you move on from quickly. He certainly shouldn't, right? So, again, I think this is a big week for him. Uh, Aguilar still makes some sense. Like, he's had a good week. I just think you talked about it before, that depth, right? I think they were probably in a good spot. I don't think that they were one over. Now, look, if somebody's going get, to get stupid and give you, like, a top 100 pick for Nelson Aguilar, yeah, you do it. You do it, and you, you, you figure it out from there. But... If it's like one of these pick swap deals, like a fourth for a sixth or something, I think they're probably in good shape right now, especially with the Thornton injury where like there's no excess depth. They have good depth, but there's no excess. So I think Bourne's safe. I I think Aguilar's relatively safe. If it was one of the two, I think it's him getting dealt. It doesn't sound like they're interested in dealing Myers either, which makes some sense just given his role in the offense. But yeah, I don't, you know, it was a rough week for Kendrick Bourne. It certainly was. I don't think it's, it was bad enough that he's going to get, you know, shipped out of town or anything. Right, right. And Alex, before we get into another wide receiver that I know both of us want to yep. talk to, I wanted to talk to you about uh, our new sponsor, LinkedIn Talent Solutions. Uh, as you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small businesses fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Everybody knows I have another job. I use LinkedIn all the time. Networking is is huge, especially in the in the age of social media. Uh, LinkedIn Talent Solutions allows you to create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. 
It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash beat. That's linkedin.com slash beat to post your job for free. Terms and conditions may apply. Alex, I want to talk to you quickly about little Jordan Humphrey because I forget your recent uh, 53-man roster projection, your 2.0, you didn't yeah. have him on, correct? He was so, off. okay. Just off. So, I didn't and as I was things writing have it. I don't, want, I don't want to, you know, I'm not saying well, no, 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 no. It's I'm a funny not... story. No, it's a funny yeah. story. I was writing this whole thing, and I thought it was really good. I was getting in-depth about, oh, he's on the bubble and this and that, and here's why I'm leaving him off, but he could do this. And then I'm like, literally, as I finish it up, because I was writing it Saturday, I didn't know it dropped today. I wrote it ahead of time. As I'm finishing it up, I get a text with the tweet that, you know, Taekwon's hurt. I went back in and changed it. I put little Jordan Humphrey on because when I was going to talk about it, one of the lines was, well, if Taekwon Thornton's injury is serious and he's going to miss time. So I have him on. I have him as one of my last guys on. I think, like, he's a guy, he makes sense if Thornton's out. He oh, makes yeah. sense as a guy to keep. The thing is, I think at this point, you know, when you look at the players like this, right, the guys on the bubble, remember, like like we talked about before, for a player to be placed on IR and be eligible to return, they have to first make the 53. So what you have is teams will put those guys on the roster, IR them, maybe cut another player, put that player through waivers and try to get them back. Patriots did that last year with Miles Bryant. They cut Miles Bryant. They put, I don't remember who it was on IR, maybe Steph Gilmore, I think. Um, and and then they signed Miles Bryant after because he cleared waivers. Now waivers, well, you know, any team he can claim him. Through, he's not getting through so waivers. That's the thing. I think he's done enough at this point. Somebody's going to claim. There's no way 31 teams are going to pass on just adding Lou Jordan Humphrey for free. So th- this becomes the question, right? Do they want to give him that roster spot off the bat? Has he done enough where they'll give him that roster spot and sacrifice somebody else? Maybe it's a guy like Sean Wade. Maybe it's a guy like uh, uh, JJ Taylor. Justin Haran, like any of these bubble guys, do they risk putting that guy through waivers and keep Humphrey? Or do they maybe say, you know what? We just don't have the spot for little Jordan right now. And they try to maybe give that spot to a guy like Trey Nixon or Christian Wilkerson, if Wilkerson's healthy, who maybe has a better shot at getting through waivers. That becomes the question. I think Humphrey's done enough that they'll give him that spot. But that's so, basically what it comes down to right now. And for me, and I, I floated this out to you, I think – two weeks ago in person, we were down there and, and you hear this all the time, right? Like, Oh, just like what they said when they kill her, just make them a tight end. Like it, it doesn't right. work that way. Right. But I think where you can get interesting with trying to fit him on the roster, like he's a good player in the middle of the field. I think his skills yeah. could translate to that position as a number three tight end. And let's put it this way. If he's playing tight end for you, it's you're in a tough situation because that means either Johnny or Hunter Henry are probably hurt and hurt for a long time. Right. Where I think he could get on the team is, you know, they'll carry that extra wide receiver maybe than what we're used to. And a guy like Devin Asiasi, who I think is a bubble player, you know, you, you carry oh, that yeah. guy as a yeah. third tight end as like a depth piece. If things really go bad, they're going to play for you. I think little Jordan Humphrey can fill that role that Devin Asiasi would play and give you a lot more in terms of in the kicking game. And you can play him all over. Like, it's not crazy to think. And he, he filled the questions this today about, you know, he's open to moving to tight end. And like, like I said, they might not necessarily announce him as that, but when they come up with their initial 53, they might only carry two tight ends, but like little Jordan Humphreys really viewed that way. 
Like that's a way to kind of work yeah. around it too, where you can get everybody through. Yeah, I mean, you see it with the big slot guys, right? They'll line up in line, they'll block. It's not totally unheard of. It's interesting you bring up the Nikhil thing. This isn't moving him to tight end. That's no. not what the conversation is. The conversation no. is he's big enough and he's a he's technically sound enough blocker that he can do some things that a tight end is going to do for if, you. If push comes to shove and you really need it, you know? Right. Or like just if you want to, I mean, it can give you a different package. You Maybe you're an 11, right? Or you could even come out in 10. You look smaller, and then he lines up in line. It, it, you know, so you look smaller. The defense maybe goes with a nickel or a dime or something, and then Humphrey's going to be able to to block against a nickelback. So that's you know, it, you can kind of do weird stuff like that with it. The, the special teams is the big thing, Ryan. That you hit on there. Oh, yeah, he made he made the team when he downed that punt. Yeah, <laughs> that's where he went from bubble. Just I'm like not Brennan, like I Brennan in schooler too. He had a really good day. Like he's probably. So I, I had schooler as my 54th player. I just couldn't fit him. I just I, I had him. Just, it's a guy that could probably get through waivers though and bring right back exactly. You know, like and this is Cody Davis is probably on the back nine of his career. I think that's kind of the role he, it, they're trying to have right. him eventually. You know, I, what does he even play? Is he a safety? Is he listed as a safety? But he will he's never listed as safety. Most of these guys are listed as safeties. It, right. Bill even calls Slater safety. But yeah, with Schooler, and I think, you know, you brought up Devin Asiasi in this conversation too, and we just talked about can guys get through waivers. Well, the practice squad elevation rules make this really interesting, right? Devin Asiasi is not going to play if he's on the 53-man roster. He didn't last year. He's inactive for every game. Like you just talked about, you know, LJ Humphrey plays teams. Well, uh, De- Devin Asiasi doesn't do that. So are you going to give him a roster spot to be inactive where they can probably get him on the practice squad and then if they really need tight end, they can elevate them, right? You can elevate players up to three, each player up to three times a year. You throw Matt Sokol in there too. That's probably another guy they can get to the practice squad. You make two those two guys your practice squad guys, that's six games you have of a third tight end. If you need any more than that, where you need like a real true tight end, you know, like you said, one of those guys, Hunter Henry, John Smith, probably on IR. You could just outright sign one of the two you you, you stash on the practice squad. So and at that I don't point, think, like your season at that position, like you're you're just looking for something in terms of production, right? You know, like if you're I, at that point. And by the way, with the tight end, like, don't sleep on on Jalen Wademeyer either. Like he's not going to make yeah. the team, but he, he's an interesting name to have around. Um, but yeah, like they don't need to keep a third tight end. It's the same thing where they you go back. They rarely, if ever, keep any fewer than eight offensive linemen. But you could sort of justify them keeping seven this year because if you get Arlington Hambright to the practice squad, which you probably can, Cody Rusty to the practice squad, which you probably can, you see her Durant. And look, you can't keep all of these guys, right? You only have a certain number of practice squad spots, but you get the point, right? If you have like two or three offensive linemen on the practice squad, or some, you could even have four. I think they've had that many. Again, four times three, 12. That's 12 games. You have that eighth, eighth offensive lineman you can elevate. You can sign and release guys and churn through that. So they can be a little thinner at positions they maybe traditionally wouldn't be because of that practice squad elevation thing. And it's going to allow them to keep a guy like LJ Humphrey. Like, you know, if Sean Wade makes the roster, that's that's probably how he makes it. Joshua Bledsoe, Brandon Schooler, like that's how these guys are going to make the roster because, and this is, I, I talk about, Evan used to get so sick of me talking about this, Ryan. So we'll see how you like it. And I wrote about this today on 985thesportsup.com. When I look at roster construction, right, you can kind of look, and Bill talked about this actually on Saturday, and I'd never heard him talk about this before, so it was cool because I talked about it last year. 
you can almost look at it like you look at March Madness, right? You have a 53-man roster, but is it your fit? Is it the 53 best players on your 90-man? Not necessarily, right? Because is your backup quarterback one of your 53 best players? Probably not, but he's going to make the team. So now one of your top 53, that guy's out. And if you go, so I, 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 went, love, I love that analogy. You love it. it. So, I so like I, I went, I did this last year. I went through and again, the practice squad elevations kind of screw with the numbers a little bit, but you know, okay. Historically, what's the mid over the last 10 years, what's the minimum at each position? Every team keeps two quarterbacks, three running backs, four receivers, two tight ends, seven offensive linemen. So it's not necessarily 53 spots can be won by the best 53 players. It's, you know, well, well, okay. Some of these spots have to go to an offensive lineman. Some of them have to go to a corner. So how many at-large spots, right? Like March Madness, right? At-large bids. How many at-large spots really are there? For, you know, just, just flat out, there's probably about 13. But then you have guys, right? So four is the positional minimum at wide receiver. Well, the Patriots have five wide receivers who are locks. So that, you lose an at-large spot. They have three quarterbacks that are locks. You lose, lose an at-large spot. How many spots are really up to beat one on the Patriots roster by the best player? It's like five or six. And there's, I, I again, I wrote about this on 98.5thesportshub.com. There's about 13 players that have a real shot at one of those five or six spots. And that's where you get into Lil Jordan Humphrey, Devin Asiasi, Brennan Schooler. Like, that's what we're talking about here. And what this ultimately is, to wrap up the rant, we talk about the term roster bubble all the time, right? As kind of this abstract thing. That's what the roster bubble is. It's those at-large spots and the players fighting for them. No, makes it makes a ton of sense. And like I said, we'll start to know a lot more. All right, real quick, we want to take a pause and tell you about our sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest, easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with the first to market odds and lines. And of course, the Patriots Beat Podcast and the entire CLNS Media Network is powered by Bet Online. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. They have it all. So head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our code CLNS50 to receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, the code is CLNS50. Receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. I think, too, this is a big week, right? Because it's a, it's a good opponent. Right. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're facing off against, you know, Josh McDaniels and there's a lot of familiarity there. And, you know, you're going to go up against, you know, I, another story, Derek Carr's top 15 ish, but he's a good quarterback, much better than you're going to face. He's face starting caliber quarterback. He's yes. Yeah. But, he'll be the best. He'll be the best quarterback they face in the preseason. I, I don't think that's a hot take. Absolutely. Right. It's, it's much, it's much better than what they've seen. Daniel Jones. Well, he, does, he does have an know. XFL MVP like PJ Walker, but yeah, yeah. he's probably the best. Um, but anyways, the, for the corners, it's going to be real tough, right? Devontae Adams, Hunter yeah. Renfro. I don't know Darren Waller's availability. I know he missed early on. I don't even know if he's back. But they got some guys that can play. Yep. Um, so and I think, you know, with roster cuts the 30th, which is a week, week from, from tomorrow, tomorrow. They got to be down to 80 tomorrow, and then it's 53 a week from tomorrow. It's 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 getting tight, right? And this is that last week for the guys, Sean Wade. You right. know, schooler on special teams, Asiasi, Lil Jordan Humphrey, right? Those guys are under a microscope now. Kendrick, not I don't want to say Kendrick Bourne. I don't think he's a bubble guy, but it's important for a player like him to really, hey, last week was awful. Probably maybe one of the worst of his career. Definitely here. 
let's put it past you. Let's go, let's go to work now. He seems like a guy like that. And then two, I want to get into the tackle spot. Bill Belichick said Friday, he expects everybody to be available. This was before the Thornton injury, right? He did say, unless anything comes in over the last 24 hours, I expect all the players to be available. As far as we know, Isaiah Wynn made the trip, right? He, did he practice? He he was there today. Yeah, he was there there today. today. Yadni Kajus has played. Although actually, so he was there today, but he was in a a non-contact jersey. It feels important to note. And and no one knows because they don't have to report injuries. Is there an assumption what's going on? Is it the knee again? That seems to be his biggest issue is the knee. I I honestly wondered if it was an injury. I was wondering if maybe he was holding out or something. So he comes back today in a non-contact jersey. That kind of confirms it is an injury. But yeah, in terms of what it is, non-contact, I would guess something, you know, like a knee or a shoulder. And like, you know, I don't think it's, you know, just like a pulled hamstring or something like that. So yeah, no. And, and, you know, just to backtrack real quick to what you said to, to, to lead into this. You're kind of talking about how, yeah, you know, it's it's a big week for bubble guys like Sean Wade, Brendan Schooler. And then he started talking about Kendrick Bourne. It's so there's two kinds of roster battles, right? There's, you know, to get on the roster, and then there's for for depth chart. Win a spot. I think yeah. right. I think for Isaiah Wynn, that's a huge one. I I it's game on right now at right tackle to me. And I, I and I wrote about it this week juiced. on Sunday on CLSmedia.com about kind of their plan, right? Because you, you get a ton of questions. Right. Should the Patriots move on from when and, and, you know, save some cap room and, and could juices look good and in, in, in his replacement, you know, I, I don't want to get, I, I'll say it again. I'm not getting into the cap specifics. I don't even know if it would help them this year or next year with when it's besides the point. If they trade him, they open up 10 million in cap. His is an okay. easy one. I normally so, don't do the cap either, but that's an easy one for him though. It's like, he's frustrating, right? Like he's just, we've talked about all the time, starting caliber tackle, somebody that, you know, you'd love to have, but his biggest problem is staying on the field. I think right. the biggest issue there is you don't move on from a guy like that simply because he's, if you're probably going to readdress that position in the offseason, like unless he goes out and has a career year and stays healthy, I don't think he's coming back simply because of the issues we just, we just alluded to. But I think it's important, especially if Kajus is playing this well, you saw how last year, how important it is to have a, a, a viable swing tackle. You had Justin yeah. Heron starting, and no disrespect to him. I think, you know, somebody that just kind of got thrown into the fire. But I'd much rather have, especially if Kajust is playing well, he he played left tackle Friday, and he looked okay. Like, if you can have a guy like that, that you can play at both positions and solid, it makes that, you know, the injury scares you have with Brown and, and Win that much more feasible if they do go down. And, right, that's a position where those guys are going to get hurt just because of the the type of beating they take, there's always people rolling around at their ankles. And like, that's a position where guys are just going to get hurt. It's really hard to stay, you know, healthy for, for a long time. So you hold on to win for this year, right? Unless like you said, with Aguilar, you get something right. crazy for him. But I just don't think they have the depth at that position to, to, you know, maneuver moving on from him. I just, I just think what the question becomes is, is he going to be a problem being here? If he's not starting, I would imagine he's already not happy moving to right tackle, right? Go look up what left tackles make and what right tackles make. And he's not going to be a top five paid at either position, but just as an example, you average out the top five left tackles, the top five right tackles, about an $8 million difference per year. Like That's a lot of money you're talking about by moving him to the other side in a contract year. Now he's a backup. I mean, I'm not saying that they can't do it. They have every right to do it. It's what's best for the team. But Would you be surprised, though, if week one, if he's healthy, like they're going to roll out Yadni Kajus? Like, I, I know we talked but, but about so this here's, So here's what I'm saying. Like, I know they would do it because it's what's, be, what's best for the team. 
But you think it is though, if he's fully healthy. If Kajus is the better player, you play the better player. Right. What's the conversation? I well, just so okay. So yes and no. So like in a bubble, yes. I'm not saying but, they shouldn't. I just I have and I know it's best player, but I just have a tough with how much he's played and how they value him. I'd be surprised. I'm not saying it. Kajus has outplayed him. Like it's, it's so, no question. I just wonder if Win wants to be here, right? Let's say he goes to them and says, I'm starting or I, you know, you have to trade me. Like right. I'm starting every game. I'm healthy. You have to trade me. And then what if he falls apart and then you have a locker room situation, right? Like, so here's the thing. I would feel a lot more comfortable. I'm on the fence with trading win. I would feel a lot more comfortable with it. If they go to the alignment they had Friday night and Michael and when who's at right tackle, because I think that's their best option. And then and he put Ferentz. Ferentz I think you have there, though. With uh, you might. I, you know, Arlington Hambright actually has looked pretty good. I, I think so, too. He's looked better. But then you have, you know, I don't know. Andrews is kind of the anchor. But you got a, a rookie left guard in Strange. Well. Right. And so as dumb as this sounds, and you're not wrong, they've already blown the offensive line up so much to this point. Nothing surprises me. <laughs> like, well, no, it's it, 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 beyond that. Why not? Like, it's a valid concern. Like, yeah, all right. Well, now you're putting in a new starter the week before the season and it's very young. And yeah, but it's all, you already have four new starters at five positions. Actually, it, if you put on one at right tackle, that number might drop because I think he played more right tackle last year than right guard. It just already feels like such a mess. Why not? Right? Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like if they're going to do this whole rework the offensive line thing, go all in. If you can get something actual for Isaiah Wynn, like you're probably getting a fourth or fifth round comp pick for him next year. You can get a fourth round pick for him, which I don't think is that ridiculous. Cause like we said, he's a starting caliber tackle and he might be a better fit in different, in other offenses. So some teams may value him higher than the Patriots do go for it. Right. No, I, and I agree. I agree. It's, it's an interesting conversation. I think this year, right. We talked about it earlier. Camp kind of got boring, but now it's getting a little interesting with, I t- and I, t- I said, when well, we get late, it, it'll it, be good. It is. Yeah. It's, it's coming along. It's, it's, it's nice for, for covering the team. It's great having quarterback conversation, right. but in the long run, it's great not having it, but now we're starting to yeah. get a little traction on like right tackle and receiver and corner. Uh, but any, anyways, just to kind of get into just the one more thing on win, one more thing on win real Go quick. Ahead. Uh, Cause this just popped in my head. The bills traded there. He wasn't a starter last year, but you know, the bills traded a, a borderline, you know, low-level starter, high-level backup guard for a fifth-round pick today. Wins a slightly better player for his position, which is a more valuable position. So people asking, what can you get for for win? And also that, you know, and I saw Andrew Callahan tweeted, right, that, you know, well, Shaq Mason went for a fifth as well. Shaq Mason's older. He's worth more money. This is a young guy. I think the guy the Bills trade is 25, 26. So the same thing as win, comparable contracts. That should be the baseline. Like, I think you can get a fourth for Isaiah Wynn. I really do. Just if you use that deal, the Bills deal, and I think I want to say it was with the Chiefs, but I'm not positive. Uh, but if you use that deal as a as a baseline. I think you muted there, Ryan. Sorry. Sorry. It gets nope, interesting, too. Like I said, I, I think there's so many, especially at that spot, so many different combinations with the whole line yeah. and with Wynn and – I don't know. I, I, I was all for it. And then I just thought about it with last year when I was asked about it and kind of wrote it out. It's like, it's really important to have, especially with how many new faces on that offensive line. It's important to have some sort of 
I don't want to say security because he misses time, but people that have been there, I think it'd be very valuable to have a, a good swing tackle. Um, like who Cam Fleming a few years ago was like pretty solid. He, he was a swing tackle for them. I mean, the one I always go back to is into the people in the chat. Yes. Cody Ford makes, and it was the Cardinals makes a little less money than win, but the idea is it's a young player on an expiring contract. A team trading for wins end up. Um, the guy I always go back to is Adrian Waddle. Like Adrian Waddle was, it, it's people think, oh, you just play him at left, at right, it's tackle. It's very different playing those two spots. Adrian Waddle was really good at playing both spots. They let him go, and then you ended up with with the um, Marshall Newhouse here because Marshall Newhouse was a left tackle. He'd only ever been left tackle, and they tried to put him at right. He couldn't do it. So no, I mean, I think that's the risk you take with trading Isaiah when you risk having potentially another kind of Marshall Newhouse situation. Right, and that was tough <laughs> it wasn't great people in the chat generally don't like it when i bring up marshall newhouse and that, that should tell you everything no one does no very one does. nice but, guy by the way he could not have been a nicer guy and i felt oh, sure. he understood and that it was a mess when you when the people take this too like when you're talking about a player no one's going out their character they're probably all great guys and like you probably right. know them a little bit more than me it's just you know my opinion whatever like it, well, not, it was it was funny with marshall newhouse because he didn't say it outright but there was almost this like it, it almost seemed at times he just wanted to be like they're playing me out of position. What more do you want me to do? And it was like, yeah, right. I get it. Yeah, it's yeah. tough. So, yeah. and I, I'm, I'm tasked with protecting a what, 43 year old at the time, Tom Brady. Like, it's, right, exactly. It's pretty, uh, pretty stressing if, if I was in that role. But Marshall Newhouse wasn't the issue with Marshall Newhouse being the right tackle for the Patriots. Yeah, it was that year. I for just 2020 was bad, but that year was like, whew, yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, but anything on joint practices you're looking for uh, before we're kind of, we, we, you know, jump into you know Boston sports minutes, there's a lot to cover, I think, or uh, for former Boston sports minutes, I think we can jump All into right. that for a little bit, but anything um, in particular, I, I think it's, it's interesting with McDaniels and, you know, some familiarity there. Right. I loved Devonte Adams is one of my favorite players to watch in the league. One of my favorite players in general. Um, I think that'll be a true test. Jalen Mills has had a really good camp. And I said it the other night, they didn't even, he locked up some guys early in the week. They didn't even look at him. And I know they had their third stringers in, but PJ Walker, Matt Corral, like he completely took his side of the field away. You're going to get a good test. Cause I think this guy's the best wide receiver in football. One of the best in, in a long time um, from a route running perspective and somebody that can be really good at the line of scrimmage. Devontae Adams is the king of that. So that's something to look for. Obviously, we're not there, right? We're just going to be following along like the rest of you, maybe get a little bit more of an insight in terms of, you know, talking to people right. that are there. Um, so, it, you know, can't get too in-depth with maybe what we see from the past week. But uh, I think it's a good test overall. It's This is a playoff team last year. I think somebody that will – I know it's a crowded division, but they should be much more competitive with more, you know um, – you know, organization from the, from the coaching staff and they get some sort of structure there. Now they got Adams and, you know, they added some pieces. So this, this would be a good test for them. See how they, they stack up. Yeah. I mean, I think the corner thing is probably the biggest, right? There's, I, I think that position needs more sorting out than any other on the roster and Adams Hunter Renfro. They've got some good depth wide receivers as well. Darren Waller, if he, if he's out there, we'll probably get some reps against the corners. You know, is Jonathan Jones going to make it on the outside? If he does, who is it in the slot? I think Miles Bryant and Marcus Jones kind of feel neck and neck at this point. Can Sean Wade do enough to make a roster push? And I'll, I'll, I'll write about this more. I have coming tomorrow morning uh, on 985sports.com on what to watch for at joint practices. The linebacker position is another one to me, right? Juwan Bentley, we know, is at the top of that depth chart, inside linebacker specifically. We know Juwan Bentley's at the top of that depth chart. What happens after him, right? Uh, Raekwon McMillan's looked very good, and he's been involved there. 
think Mac Wilson's looked really good, but he's kind of fallen behind Jelani Tavai, who hasn't stood out to me necessarily, but he's a Matt Patricia guy. Patricia drafted him in the second round when he was with the Lions. He's, you know, kind of a, you know, uh, textbook Patriots bigger fundamental doesn't take a ton of risk linebacker teams guy though I I feel like like I I, so I like I feel like that too but they had him out there with the starters Friday night Bill gave that serious XM interview where he said he's gonna be a big contributor for us on all four downs like I agree with you I don't think he's any more special teams guy they seem to love him they they know more than us they see more than us but I think what Mac Wilson's done since he's gotten here like that guy should be playing 70 you know 70% 70% of snaps at least for you. I know they'll probably have some sort of rotation with with a lot of new faces in there, but I think when you looked at what they tried to do with the linebacker position, Mac Wilson like fit fits everything. He can he can play in the, you know, he can play in the flat, he can cover sideline to sideline, he's quicker, he can blitz, he's a physical bigger guy that can move. You know, I, I have a tough time keeping him off the field and, and things are going to unravel and right. It's going to take right. them four weeks to figure it out. You're going to see guys getting snaps that probably won't in, in six weeks from then. But Mac Wilson's like been, been everything they, they've needed out of a linebacker. I, I have a feeling that this is going to be something we're discussing throughout the year. Why Jelani Tavai is playing as much as he is on defense and why Mac Wilson isn't playing as much on defense. I think at least early on. I just have this feeling, get get ready to maybe have that conversation a few times, right? It makes it, makes it um, easier for us to have a show. That's it gives us sure. something to talk about, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm interested in watching those two things. Uh, you know, we talked about the wide receivers, the offensive line as well. I, You know, I some of the fringe guys too. I saw somebody somebody mentioned Cameron McGrone in the chat. We really haven't seen anything from him this summer. He, he oh. kind of hasn't hit that level we expected. Ronnie Perkins was oh man. I know he's coming back from a knee injury, but he just, even on teams, man, like I, you watched no, I tape, like he was flying around making right. plays. Like he has not reached that. And I think too, coming into the year, that position, it really at all spots off ball. I mean, Bentley was kind of their guy, the leader, the right. middle guy, like he had the, you know, he, he was a team captain two years ago. Aside from him though, that was like an open competition. It seemed like at that position. And yeah. he just hasn't he hasn't picked it up hasn't hasn't I think he's not fully over that knee injury. This is his rookie year too. We talked about it, right? He missed right. all of last year. He came back late uh, off IR and like practice, but couldn't be active. So take some time. But I mean, he's fifth round pick two years ago. So that that's a quick right. lifespan well, if you can't carve a rollout. It's I mean, it's like you know, like they say with the ACLs, right? It's really the second year back that guys really kind of catch up, but. You know, with McGrone, yeah, it's their first year back. He's a guy I wonder if they can get to the practice. They could probably get him to the practice squad. Maybe he's an IR guy. Ronnie Perkins, too. So Ronnie Perkins wasn't at practice today, along with Harvey Longy. They're two moves away from getting down to the 80-man roster limit, which is tomorrow. So I feel like you'd hear about it if it was Perkins. Are those the two guys? It's pretty unprecedented to cut bait with the top 100 pick, and Perkins was 96, but... You know, it's impressive to cut bait with the top 100 pick after just one year, but they traded Duke Dawson a couple years ago. A year after taking him in the second round. I don't know that they'd straight up release Perkins. I think try to get they'd something. probably trade or, you know, he could be a guy that goes on IR. Look, Anthony Jennings, right? Anthony Jennings in his second year, he didn't show much and he went on IR. Kind of the same thing. And now look at what he's done. He's going to be a factor for this defense. So, you know, that, I guess that's not really something to watch for practice. We'll know tomorrow, probably tomorrow morning, what's up with Ronnie Perkins, but yeah, him and McGrone are, are, are interesting cases to see what's going on with them. Barth, we got to get into it. It's not really right. a, a Boston sports minute. I guess it can be. I, we can okay. do it. I have want. no idea where you're going with this, honestly. I'm excited here. But the Brady stuff, 
Interesting. I think we got to touch on oh, it a little bit. Eh. Like you have to, you have to, it, I, this had to be in his contract, right? It like, if I'm going to come back, I got to do some family time. We have to, we have to talk about it. It's, it's rich people doing rich people stuff. Talk to me when it's X's and O's him throwing a football. I just, I, it's, I said this to John when, when he tried to get me to talk about the Miami stuff, it's not football, right? It's, it's drama. Like if I wanted that, I'd go watch the Kardashians or whatever. One of those shows that Evan watches are like, I, I don't care. I just, I really don't care. Yeah. I mean, I don't either. He's not here. It's, it's, it's right. You know, an old wound. I just think it's interesting. Like this would never fly here, <laughs> you know? And like, maybe that's why this all broke up, but I think you could go on a rant about all that. Um, right. yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I said, this week is, uh, obviously they'll wrap up to on Friday night, um, in Vegas. I think that'll be yeah. interesting as well. Um, to see how much they play. I would probably assume maybe the same as last week, maybe a little bit more with, with less live bullets coming at you till week one. Um, but like I said, get in, get healthy there. These camp injuries happen. You just kind of have to cross your fingers that, you know, they lose Thornton Friday night and, and for the most part, they've been relatively, um, healthy, but yeah. you know, get in, get out, get in, get out, get, get your work in and, and let's go. Wood. Yeah. Like, right. And again, like knock on wood. I, I know people are really upset to lose Tyquan Thornton. He's a fun player. He's a rookie wide receiver burner. I get all that. In the grand scheme of things though, you lose your, you know, a player to position you're incredibly deep at for in, a month, month and a half. If that's your biggest loss in camp, you came out. Okay. And again, I know it hurts to lose Thornton. Like, trust me, I was pissed when that news came out, but you know, you look at a team like the Chargers who had like a star player tear an ACL in camp every year for like five straight years, right? And, and you're right. It's, too, it's, it's a get in, get out kind of thing. With Thornton, it's like, and I'm not defending Nikhil by any means. I'm just saying going back to that year, like they had done a lot to that position the year before to really try and, and make things work, right? Like, what was it? They had Gordon in, they had Antonio Brown in, right? And then... right. They go out, they draft Nikhil in the first round, and he gets hurt. And people almost, because he was a first-round pick, right? I mean, that's the expectations you're given when you're selected that high. But, you know, everybody kind of deemed him at that time. Because if you remember, the first seven weeks, like, their leading pass catcher was James White. Like, they got nothing on offense throwing the ball other than James White and Edelman. And he was half, he was a shell of himself. So they kind of viewed Harry as that, I want to say the savior to the position, which I think yeah. was unfair to everybody at the time. And obviously it didn't work out afterwards. Like things could have changed. And that's, what's good. Like the good news that you have the depth, right? This position has been mightily improved and upgraded over the last three years where, Hey, Thornton goes down, but you still have four very good, capable wide receivers that I'm sure any team in the league would take their depth. Like there's a reason teams are calling them for wide receivers three years ago they weren't the patriots are doing the they were calling they need a right it's kind of crazy what did the patriots wide receiver depth what are we talking about it happened very quickly still complain because they don't have the sexy name but like they got enough talent to make it work it's night and day compared to what it was two years ago night and day demir bird was your two (laughs) like you know if if we always pick on demir bird who like i actually like you're right exactly but like a name like that Demir bird's like the wide receiver eight on this team yeah, like he doesn't even make the team, bro. <laughs> like, you know, and that's no disrespect, obviously. But no, like I said, I think the good thing about that whole situation, if you're trying to find a good in it, it's they get the pieces around it to to soften the blow. And 
you know, they got the veteran presence to, to get them along. I just, I, the right. only thing I'm worried think, about is the stunted growth and it could have been a sure. good piece for them, you know, like that, that's, but that's normal. I think it hurts more. I don't know that it, you know, in the very short term cost them wins. I think, like you said, you're worried about his development moving forward. You know, is he going to be able to hit the ground running? Are they going to have to ease him in? Blah, blah, blah. And I think it hurts because he's a rookie wide receiver. It looks like they might've finally had the guy and now we have to wait to watch him, but they're dead. Like they're, they're going to be able to get by. They're going to be able to run their offense without. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, you hope right in a perfect world, you hope that ends up being a good thing because then they don't have to rush him back. They can ease him in. They can let him get comfortable. And that should ultimately help his development. Right. That's he doesn't have hope. to be the guy when he right. comes back. Like everybody we'll, deemed Nikhil. We'll as. see if it turns out that way, but that's what you hope. We can hope all we want, but anyways, yeah. Barth, that was a, that was a good show. I th- thought we had a lot to catch up on. We'll be yeah. back tomorrow all week, kind of breaking down joint practices. Like I said, obviously we're not there. I couldn't use a week in Vegas right now, um, <laughs> but uh, I definitely wish I was there. Um, oh yeah, but um, you know, someone Barth would probably show up late. He might be at the casino, but I'm kidding. <laughs> to practice. But I'm no, going to I'm shows are first to practice every day. You are. You are always first. I used to be, but it's tougher for me to get there. Um, but anyways, we'll be, we'll be following. We'll, we'll be texting. I think Evan's down there, right? Evan's down Evan there. Is there yeah. Evan's might there. have to shoot him a text. Hey, what's going on? Give us a little bit more of an inside scoop than what we're seeing <laughs> on Twitter, but I'll be back this week. We'll break down joint practices as well as Friday night. Um, you know, the preseason game, we'll, we'll have some sort of recap show over the weekend. Sorry. We didn't get it out there sooner. I had a busy weekend. You guys can hundred percent blame me. Barth was ready to rock. Uh, but like I told them, once the season gets going, be more structured you know it'll be game breakdown game preview type of thing and and we're starting to catch our stride here barth i'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it a little bit yep 